the Terminator, Brandon. Right. Remember that they, they beat the machines eventually. So what did the machines do? They took a time thing back to that that way back then with that lady and the guy in the machines. I think her name was Connor. Remember that? It's been over three years since the 2020 election, and the machines are winning. I'm telling you where we're at, people, in this world, right now, at this time in history. This is very important you hear me on this. Over 54 countries have now been taken by the machines, or are getting taken by the machines. Venezuela, Australia, they're gone. It got to be where machines and computers took over in robots and artificial intelligence, all this stuff. Then the next day, the next day, it stopped it, but then machines through time sent people back, or sent a machine back, the Terminator, to kill the people that were the, that were the ones that said, hey, we can't, we have to get rid of the machines. We have to stop the machines. Now this time, a new strategy must be tried. If we don't get rid of them by the fall, all of them, we're going to have a trial of the machines. We're going to put the machines on trial. Absolutely. We're going to put them on trial. I object to this witness being called at this time. You are terminated. It's a machine! It appears our destiny was never to win on election day. It was merely to survive. Forever because if the lights go out here, they go out everywhere. The whole world is watching. Coming in 2024, it's Dominionator 2 Election Day. Override the machines and we're going to get rid of them eventually, all of them. This is the best time to be alive because we're. Did they succeed? No, there, of course, there was a trilogy, blah, blah, blah. In the year 2024, at the Walter Reed Medical Research Facility, a new weapon will be created. This weapon, unlike any before, will have no empathy, no thoughts, no personality, and no brainwaves. This weapon will be called the Federmator. Hi, good night everybody. Coming next spring, it's Dominionator 3, Transhumanist. What's up? What's happening, everybody? It's another edition of Thinking Logically. Welcome to the show, and we hope you enjoyed that cold open. I am joined by the good doctor. The executive producer and writer, Joseph Anthony Corsi. Joe, happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday to you too, Mark. It was a it was a great cold open. You know, Hollywood does so many uh, so many uh, what's what's the word I'm looking for? They just recycle the same stuff over and over again. So why not just do seven or eight Dominionator movies? <laughs> a sequel every year. We have a great show planned for you guys today. Uh, 
Joe, you put in a lot of work on this one. So, so many topics, so much news we were just talking about. Where do you, where do you even start? I mean, it's just crazy the, the amount of content coming out uh, of the news cycle on a daily basis. It's literally impossible to keep up with. But, uh, Joe, before we get into that, conference tournament week, March Madness just around the corner. Is, are the Pitt Panthers going to make the NCAA tournament, Joe? They should, as long as they win one game, in my opinion, in in the the, the ACC tournament, I think they're a shoe in if they just win a game. As long as they, they don't lose in the first round or whatever it is, because they 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 have what two really bad losses. I can't remember to who off the top of my head right now. I haven't watched that much. Notre Dame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Last week, but I mean they had some they had some good wins and and they play. There's no dominant teams this year. There's no there's not there's not one team where you think hey that that team's scary. I wouldn't run into them. There's there's probably a legitimate seven, eight teams that could be the one seed. I mean, obviously only four are going to get it. Houston's probably a lock. I mean, Purdue's not a lock. They, they were they look like one of the better teams all year. But I, I think Pitt will make it. Um, and they could surprise some people because, like I said, I just don't think it's, a, it's a, a strong year where there's dominant teams. So a lot of parity. Parity is the name of the game. Yeah, there's lots of parity this year in college basketball. So why Not parity. Not, not parity like in our world right now, our clown world. Parity. So, <laughs> um, so we are going to begin by talking about something that we mentioned. This is episode 42, something that we mentioned all the way back in episode three. Joe, what did we talk about in episode three that has actually come to fruition now? Um, remember, Joe Biden got cancer from the oil slicks in Delaware, I think was the actual was the actual thing that he said that we covered. He had COVID, and he slipped up and said that he had cancer. And, you know, usually people people slip up. But but Biden, it's like every time he slips up, it ends up coming true. Like with Nord Stream, he slipped up and said, that we, you know, we'll take out Nord Stream. There's been a lot of other examples. Um, the, the election, uh, this is uh, – we put together one of the best voting fraud whatever of the 21st century. I, you guys know the quote. We've said it a thousand times. Um Everything he says when he slips up ends up being true in the future. So he said he had cancer. Sure enough, what is it? Six six months later, almost seven months later, something like that. It's confirmed that he had a cancerous lesion or whatever he removed from his chest, which getting a little bit total recall there with Kyoto or Quaid. But yeah, he he like oscillates between slipping up and saying things that actually end up being true. And embellishing stories that never happened and completely lying. He's he literally is that's that's what his that's how he talks. It's just it's unbelievable. It's it's almost he, like you, you, I'm sorry, you, I, I hate to sound like a crazy person, but it's almost like he really does have someone in his ear talking to him and he's like bumbling, he's he's saying like the wrong things, like he, he knows. I, I just I don't know, man, it doesn't make a lick of sense. Yeah, this week he said that he was part of the civil rights movement while he was in college up north. <laughs> First of all, it's the wrong direction, number one. <laughs> and and was when, when was he a he was a senator in the Senate? Like, was that even the timeline out upright with the civil rights movement? Maybe I, I don't know. I don't know. It's it's well, I, I have to look it up here. I don't even know where he went to college. It looks like he went to the University of Delaware. Oh, he said it a thousand. He's gone everywhere. He's gone, yeah. he's gone to every school. Yeah. 
Amtrak Joe. Amtrak Joe. Oh man. People thought people said that Trump's a liar. Nobody lies like Biden, though. Nobody. He just gets away with it because he's a bumbling idiot. Like like we've said so many times, he's the shit shield. So if yeah. it was any other human with a brain, they wouldn't they wouldn't be able to get away with this. Yeah. Did you see the um did you see the interview with um Joe Biden on CNN? They asked her if she thought if she thought it was you know okay for a president age seventy five or older to take a cognitive ability test. Yeah, and, and then like, she's like, "That's absolutely ridiculous." And then what happened a day later? And he had <laughs> some kind of he, some kind of quote about him. They had to they had to take his scalp off to make sure he had a brain. And then he fell up the steps again for the third time during his presidency on Air Force One. Yeah, Stair Force One. Vigorous, vigorous, Joe. Vigorous spinal stenosis. I wouldn't even say that I'm vigorous, but yet he's vigorous. I'm not vigorous at all. No, no. He's, he's definitely not vigorous. Yeah. Um, so we have the fact that uh, we saw some new polling come out um, that Biden is down already in the polls to Donald Trump. And I guess this is a hypothetical um, you know, uh, election scenario for November 24, actually next year, Joe. Um, and Trump is leading Biden head to head, but yet Biden is leading DeSantis head to head. And he's also down in another poll here that you have, uh, from Jason. Please Miller. read it. Please just, please just read it. Describe the picture you see, because I, I'll, I won't be able to stop that. Yeah. <laughs> What's the losing 2024 presidential nominee, Biden, 31%. Someone else, 58%. No opinion, 10%. <laughs> it's a guess who character. He's losing to a question mark. He's losing to a question mark. It's literally, yeah, it looks like a, yeah, a nothing, a, a graphic with a question mark in the middle of it. And then he's beating, he's beating a do not enter sign, it, looks, it appears like, by about 20%, 20 points. Good for him. So... The fact that he leads DeSantis in a head-to-head matchup is odd to me. I would, I would have thought the opposite. I would have thought DeSantis would be leading him head-to-head and Biden would be beating Trump head-to-head, but it's literally the exact opposite. So <clears throat> 58% of Democrats that responded to this poll, it's a Washington, Pulse, Washington Post poll conducted January 27th to February 1st, <clears throat> once someone else other than Joe Biden to run for president or want someone else to be the nominee other than Joe Biden next year. Yet we believe and we are on the side that he is going to run. Uh, do you agree, Joe? I agree. I think he, unless something happens here in the next couple weeks, he's running because he's, he's literally running out of time to announce. So he's got to be, we had someone else. What was the, what was the girl lady's name from the Oprah show? that just announced that she was running. And I, I think that was like a shot across the bow for him. So he, he has to make a decision soon. And I would be shocked if he, if he decided not to run. Yeah. And I know we talked about before on this show that we thought that and maybe we were wrong. We thought that the establishment, the machine was done with him. The machine. With everything that come that came out about Hunter Biden, everything that come out about him. Is that not the case anymore? 
I mean, because I don't know. I mean, there's still a lot of time left to be played out to get, you know, as we revisit that question. But Joe, if he runs and is their nominee, was were they really done with him? Look, I, I can't believe we're not still talking about the classified material that was found in his garage where his crackhead son had access to. That That story just vanished. And what made it vanish, I can't remember what made it vanish, but after that, it came – it, it, it came to realization that yes, he did in fact, we'll get to this one later, have possibly a hand in play in attacking an ally with Nord Stream 2, blowing up the Nord Stream 2 pipeline. And then that got swept under the with what, UFOs? UFOs, yeah. I mean, do you see how we're just forgetting, forgetting, forgetting like major stories because we uh, we get swept up on other things. John Fetterman, you know, delegating legislation from an insane asylum. Just, the stories just keep on stacking up and we're just two people. We can't cover this on a show two, three days a week. It's impossible. <laughs> Even a 24-hour news network can't keep up. It went it went classified material found in his garage. And then it went Nord Stream 2 blew, uh, blowing up. We They think the United States did it. And then it went Chinese spy balloon. Back to back to back. And that's I mean, why we forget about these things. It's impressive. It's impressive, honestly. It is. It is. But we also saw, also saw uh, the, as I like to call him, a force of nature, Donald Trump's CPAC speech uh, that occurred over the weekend at the CPAC conference. Where was that, Joe? Florida? Maryland? Uh, I think it was in Maryland, actually. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it was in Maryland. Um, but, uh, oh, back to the polling. Um, I wanted to mention that... Um, Brian Kilmeade from Fox News was walking around a diner in Jacksonville, Florida, not far from where Governor Ron DeSantis was born, asking people in this diner, I think it was like a Saturday morning, who do they support for president in 2024? And I think almost everyone he asked in this diner said Donald Trump. Even the lady wearing a Ron DeSantis shirt, and she said, said Trump or DeSantis. But everyone in this diner in Jacksonville, Florida, is still on the Trump train. This man is an absolute force of nature, Joe. He is back to 2016 Donald Trump. He's vigorous. That's vigorous. He's vigorous. It's unbelievable to me, given his, you know, he's not young. You know, he's, what, 75, something like that. Uh, His diet, um, just everything. But this guy's got so much energy. He's back to 2016 Trump. He gave a great populist speech at CPAC outlining everything. I watched the entire thing, all hour and 40 minutes of it. And I was really impressed with his speech. Um, it, see, it sounds like he's changing his tune a little bit. He's not focusing on, uh, in his words, the rigged 2020 election or anything like that. He's actually talking about policy and about his ideas for the future and his ideas for America. And he's also talked about what will happen if we elect Joe Biden for another term in 2024? You're not going to have a country. But did you happen to catch any of the CPAC speech show? And if so, what did you think about it? What, what I, I didn't catch the entire thing, but what I did caught that really made me, I, I don't even know how to describe my emotions, but he didn't say, we're going to go after Russia. We're going to go after China. We're going to go after... 
He was very specific. He said we're going after basically bad actors in the deep state. I can't remember the term that he used in the actual speech, but I find that 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 just resonates with me. That that's what I want because that's everything that we've been saying on this podcast. You know, not we're, we're not Russia stooges. We don't think you know we're not Putin fanboys or anything. But like, we don't know. We don't know why we should be at war with, with Russia. I, I can make the argument why why we should you know have certain policies towards China. But again, Trump always said, you know, I can get along with these countries. I can get along with China. I can get along with Russia. He did for four years. We had we had no wars. We had peace agreements signed in the Middle East. Now, two and a half, three years later, look at the world right now. And I find it very interesting that he said he was going to go after basically the deep state and not after China, Russia, etc. Yeah, he did do, say do that. You, did you... Um, now, with some people, it might just fly right over their head. They might not even have, have, have like heard it that way. But that's exactly how I heard it. I mean, sometimes I just think on a different level than, than, than some people, I guess. I don't know. But I love the speech. And it was because of, of like that, that, little, that little portion right there. Yeah. He said, I think this quote was, I'm going to obliterate the deep state. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Retribution, I, too. I, I, like the, I like the retribution part. I forgot about that. So. Yeah. I, we need to get our listeners on board with Trump for 2024. I just feel like he's going to be the nominee. Uh, I, I don't want to go into conspiracy land, so I'll hold my thoughts on that, but I feel like he's going to be the nominee and they need to do everything in their power to make sure he gets elected. And by they, I mean the Republican party. We can't afford another four years of this, of these warmongers in Washington, D.C., He's right. We, we might not have a country by 2028. It might be too late by then. And, and to turn it around is going to take years. But are we, in the, are we in the fourth turning, though? You know, as Jack Posobiec calls it. Um, I don't know if things are going to get worse before they get better again or if we're on the, on the upswing up, back up again. So I don't know, Joe. I feel like him and DeSantis in a primary would be incredible to watch. I feel like these debates are going to be Amazing um, seeing those two duke it out. Although DeSantis hasn't announced yet. I mean, let's, let's face it. He's probably going to run, you know, I think he, I, I, I honestly think he might run. Okay. DeSantis, but I, I, I really, I really think there's that chance that I'm, I'm, and I, I, I've said this to you privately where he's eventually going to back Trump. Like you, you see who's who's backing Ron DeSantis, and it's like the Bushes and, and these people, and it's whatever. And I just it feels like it's like a way to like drain these people's political money. And then what if he would bow out right right before during the primary and support throw all of his weight behind Trump? It'd be very interesting to see that happen. Um, and then I have to bring this up. Do you do you think they'll try to indict Trump in the next year? I, I think they are, and I think that also could be a thing. Maybe Ron DeSantis is the backup plan for the GOP. But I think even with an indictment, I mean, the dude's the Teflon Dawn. He, nothing sticks to this guy. You know, indictment, how? For what charges? I, for, what did they, what did they, what was the whole January 6th hearing where he was in the back of, back of the limousine and, and dove to the front and tried to grab the steering wheel and, and drive it back to the, the cap? There's so many stories, the P-tape, the Russia P-tape that t- totally delayed his first year and a half as president, all, all the stuff that he could have, you know, got done if he wasn't under investigation by Robert Mueller, which turned out to be bogus. It's all bogus on all, all accounts. 
There's so many. You could go on and on and on. Stuff. Whatever happened with the, his tax records? We, we finally got his taxes. What happened with that, Rachel Maddow? Where's she been? There's the, they'll find something. Like we said this a few episodes ago. They'll find something. You can indict someone up for, you can indict a ham sandwich, I think is the, the term that people use. They'll find What's something. Tax... Yeah. Nothing burger. It was literally nothing burger. It was the biggest nothing burger I can remember in, in a long time. I mean, they, how they obsessed over these tax returns for the longest time. Don't forget, Joe, the Justice Department's in a precarious situation when it comes to indicting Trump. They could blow themselves up by doing that. You well, know? They, a good point now, too. So they not only audited Trump, his personal taxes, but his businesses, too. So when are we going to get Hillary Clinton's Clinton Foundation? When are, we, when are they going to order former presidents? Um, companies and businesses and relatives. They 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 audited um, employees of his, his kids, I believe. Anyone that was close to Trump. When are we going to see that with Joe Biden? Because it would bring the entire house down. Yep. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if DeSantis wants to go up against the Death Star of Donald Trump. I mean, that's a lot to take on. Um, I, I saw something here that uh, Carrie Lake could be a, a Trump VP nominee, uh, Nikki Haley, possibly. I don't know. I don't see that, though. I don't see that being her, his pick. No um, chance. Ter- no chance. Carrie Lake would be a good pick, but then you have the fact that she actually lost an election, supposedly, to Katie Hobbs. Uh, I would love to see Christy Nome as his VP nominee. I think Christy Nome would be an excellent choice for a vice president, and I think she would really resonate with the su- suburban women that Trump has uh, polling issues with. I agree with you, and but I'll tell you who the best pick is. It's Carrie Lake because what does the vice president really do? Nothing at all. Look at look at Kamala Harris. Come on, vice president does nothing. All she is is a mouthpiece, and that's exactly what you need to go after the media and everyone. And you need someone that could talk. Not that um, who's the one you just mentioned, um, Christina. Not that she can't, but there's no one better than Carrie Lake. That's a woman. I'm sorry. No, you're right. I agree, um, but. Would, it, would her presidential ambitions get in the way for 2028 if, if she were the VP pick? You Maybe. know, that's something, you know, but who cares? Trump's going to be another, I guess, a one-term, technically two-term president, but uh, one term coming up. So we'll see what happens uh, with that. All right, what else we got, Joe? Uh, COVID-19, latest news. We have more information coming out uh, regarding uh, our boy, Lord Fauci. Joe, what do you have on this? This is from Disclose TV, and this is from yesterday, I believe, or the day before. Dr. Fauci prompted the drafting of proximal origins to disprove the COVID lab leak theory, according to new evidence obtained by the Select Subcommittee. Uh, I, I mean, this what the is... hell does that mean? Well, I'm sorry, you cut out. I said, what the hell does that mean? Okay, so I'll read the letter. Um, There has been a lot of speculation, fear-mongering conspiracies put forward in this space that we thought bringing some clarity to this discussion might be of interest in nature. And if you remember, if you go back, if you go back to the, um, the Fauci emails, he said from the very beginning that this is most likely a lab leak. On April 16, 2020, slightly more than two months after the original conference, Dr. Collins emailed Dr. Fauci expressing dismay that proximal, that proximal origin, which they saw prior to publication and were given the opportunity to edit, did not squash the lab leak hypothesis and asked if the NIH can do more to put down the lab leak hypothesis. 
The next day, after Dr. Collins explicitly asked for more public pressure, Dr. Fauci cited the proximal origins from the White House podium when asked if COVID-19 leaked from a lab. Now, new evidence suggests that Dr. Fauci prompted the drafting that would disprove the lab leak theory. Um, and the authors of this paper skewed available evidence to achieve that goal. It's, it's, it's just, it's all, you see, it's all just one big cover up to keep people locked down for how many years and to get them to eventually take a vaccine. Are you more likely to take a vaccine if you think the thing escaped from a lab and was made, or if it was a, from a bat having sex with a pangolin and a monkey and all that stuff? And Mickey Mouse. Uh, yeah. Escape into the world. Oh, man. Unbelievable. So uh, Fauci basically knew this was a, a lab leak from the very beginning. I mean, anyone did. I mean, like Dan Bongino said yesterday, how are you, are you kidding me that you believe? I mean, the, the world was led to believe. I mean, we were told by some of the smartest people in the world that this virus jumped from a bat to a human. And that's what we were supposed to believe. Yeah. And like I said, the, the, the emails from February 8th, I think they are. I have to read the actual article. I think the emails were from February 8th. Um, disprove all of this stuff. So they knew about this in February. And this is from Dr. Anderson. This is in early 2020. Our main work over the last few days has been focused on trying to disprove any type of lab theory. Why, why aren't you trying to prove something instead of disprove something? Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. So, and, and they knew, and people were banned on social media. And, 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 and now, and we're, we're jumping ahead of ourselves here, but now it's like everyone is going to be hand in glove saying that this, yeah, it leaked from a lab, sure, but it wasn't handmade. So that just tells you right there, this is a man-made virus. I, I, I'll say it right now, 99.9% .9 chance it was probably man-made. Through gain of function or anything, I, I don't know the exact scientific terms, but guarantee you this was made in a lab. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, looking back at it now, having all the information we have now, seeing how blinded we were back, back at that point in time, absolutely was made in a lab. You know, probably through gain-of-function research. That's why they pressed you, hear... you so hard on this. Speaking of just criminals, you want to hear something really creepy, this next video here? This is from Chief Nerd on Twitter. So this is Bill Gates. Um, I think this is from last... It says March 6th, but I think it was from February 28th, this interview. Bill Gates dismissed the COVID lab leak theory in warms of coming unnatural epidemics. So let's give this a listen. You just referenced intentional pandemics. Do you um, harbor any doubts about the origins of COVID-19? No, the evidence is, is very clear that it's naturally caused. Um, you know, it's a, a bad virus and we're going to have natural epidemics and sadly we may have some unnatural epidemics in the future. Sadly, we might have some unnatural epidemics in the future. And then he smiles. Oh, it's just creepy. So should we prepare for a more dangerous man-made virus in the future here, Bill? Unbelievable that he said that. Is that recent? I, I want to say it's from February. I think it happened the day before um, whoever, whoever came out most recently, the Department of Transportation, and said that it definitely came from a lab, not natural. So yeah, I think Department of from, Energy. Yeah, yeah, Department of it, it could be the Department of Transportation next. Who the hell knows? Wish we, we should be, you know, the 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 Congress or something else proving it besides all these crazy departments that aren't 100 percent sure. But I think this was from February 28th or something like that. It was literally, I think, the day or two before that report came out. 
I think that was a Freudian slip, Joe, because I think you're thinking of the fact that the virus may have been transported from Ukraine to a lab in China. Oh, our boy. A, an animal vector. Our boy clandestine on Twitter. More clandestine. We need to dive into more, more clandestine on these episodes. This I'm trying guy, to get him on. I keep on. He, you can't message him privately on anything. I keep on, you know, trying to trying to get his attention. Hey, we'll, we'll literally give you the floor. Yeah, that would be amazing if we can get him on the podcast. Yeah. We're clandestine on Twitter. One of the best followers out there. I don't know where he gets his information from, but this guy brings the absolute heat. Yes, yes, he does. And and what he was saying a year ago, a little over a year ago, actually, probably 13 months ago, and got banned for, it's all coming to light now, and it looks like it might be true. So I, I just, I don't know. He's, he's not claiming he knows. He's just giving us evidence of that, that all point to the same thing. Yeah. And, and, he, and he, he stands by the position that the U.S. deep state was involved in the creation and spread of COVID via biolabs in Ukraine into China. Huh. That so, would make, almost make what Trump said in his CPAC speech uh, make a lot more sense to like yeah. the normies out there about who he wants to go after and why and why he didn't mention specific countries and only specific organizations. Huh. Joe, you have a uh, you're an, you're an, you're an advanced uh, we'll call it a uh, uh, player of, of uh, games of skill and chance. Uh, what are the odds we get a Nuremberg like trial uh, one day uh, through uh, the COVID uh, situation? Um, right now I'm gonna put it. Actually, I'll put it at fifty. Okay, I'll put it at fifty-one percent. Simply because it just popped into my mind right now about how Trump wants to bring back televised executions and firing squads. So there's got to be a reason that he said that, right? Yeah. So I'm going to put it at 51%. Not that it's going to be like um, we're going to watch people get executed or whatever, but just it'd be the trial of the century. It would be literally the trial of the century. And it's not like it hasn't happened before because it happened literally around, what, 80, 80 years ago almost to the day? Yeah. Nuremberg trials. And we, we just need transparency. We need to have all the evidence out. He put Hey, I'm saying put Donald Trump on trial, too. He was the one that, that approved Operation Warp Speed. Let's get it all out there. Let, let's yep. get all the information and let's hold all the people accountable for this. So it never happens again, ever. It can't happen again. You know what? Speaking of the lab leak, Joe, I totally forgot about this up until now. And I'm, 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 uh, I'm glad I remember this. We saw this come out, um, what was it, yesterday, the day before? Jeff Zucker. Zucker, however you want to say it, uh, the former head of CNN, told uh, his on-air talent or producers not to push the lab leak theory because that was a Trump talking point. Joe, can we get a reaction? I mean, my reaction, color me surprised. The, the, the best is the reasoning because it's a Trump talking point. Well, is it a Trump talking point or is it just a legitimate thing that we could look into? Because every, you go back to Fauci, what we said about him earlier, their whole goal was to disprove this theory, not to prove anything. What, what really happened? That, that's not the way you attack something. You don't do it that way. You don't try to disprove. You try to prove it. The scientific method, you try to disprove something. No, you try to prove that this, this is how it works. Yep. I just, we need to, we need to bring back Greek philosophy in schools you can like this is like the three giant pillars of this are the covid origins 
the vaccine lies in the myth of masks. You know, you add those three things up and it's like, man, how did we get, how did we get here? We are going to look back. Books are going to be written. Classes are going to be taught for decades about the, this, this five year period in society and what happened. I was thinking about that. I was thinking about a couple of years ago with high school basketball and stuff like that, how they were making kids wear masks during games, during a game. You had to wear a mask. And then most kids would just put them on their chin as chin diapers. I remember going to, I think it was Quaker Valley. And they had to, they had to, you had to leave the gym in between games. And then they would come in and they would sanitize everything. And then you can go back in for the varsity game. One of the most intelligent things I've done was on my Snapchat. When I would see something really stupid like that, I would take a picture and save. So like now every year it comes back in my memories. And just yesterday I showed it to my wife. And you couldn't have samples at, I forget the ice cream place. It was somewhere in, I think, Robinson. But they weren't allowed to have samples, and you had to have a mask on when you approached the, the glass counter to look at stuff. You couldn't have samples. They were still selling ice cream, but you couldn't have a sample to taste to put on your mask real quick and lick it. <laughs> I just, I, I, I don't know, man. I don't, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it at all. Yeah. We're, we're I showed you the video. I, I was at, well, I was at the hospital yesterday. They're still trying to do the mask thing at the, at the hospital. I just said, no, thank you, sir. I don't need one. And walk right past them. And yeah. I, I showed you the video. I'm, I'm not, I'm not just, I'm not, I'm not playing the game anymore, man. Yeah. I mean, some people, if you just, some people in the hospital just say, yeah, you don't have to wear that here. You know, you get in. Yeah. What an idiot. Who's going to come up to you and go, no, you got to put this on. You're done. Yeah. You're done. Like, it's just, come on. You're, people have, people have a little bit of self-respect now, I think. Yeah. I mean, we, we realized that we were, we were lied to and we were told so many lies, especially about masks, that, man, we were in a bad place for a couple of years there, Joe. But, all right, let's move on to our next topic. Uh, what do we have, Joe? We're moving right on to Russell Brand and MSNBC's hypocrisy on COVID. So, hey, I'm just going to tee it up. I think it's about a three-minute video. If, if you want me to stop it to make a comment anywhere in between, Mark, we might be able to do the whole three minutes. It was a very good exchange. It's got like 13 million views. I think this is from Chief Nerd as well. Well, well this is from the Bill Maher show. Yes. And this exchange is between Russell Brand, who's very has a big following on YouTube and Rumble, and I forget the guy's name from MSNBC. That's what this exchange is about. Yeah, just forget the guy's name. You don't have to know the guy's name. He's about to be a non-person here. Okay, let's play it. Mark from the sound department. Can you refresh, please? <laughs> Mark, hit refresh. Thank you, sir. Volume. And I love you already, but I have to say that disingenuous to claim that the biases that are exhibited on Fox News are any different from the on MSNBC. It's difficult to suggest that. Corporations operate as anything other than mouthpieces for their affiliate owners in BlackRock and Vanguard. And then at Leslie start to embrace. And then also, mate, like just spiritually, if I may use that word in your great country, we have to take responsibility for our own perspective. I've been on that MSNBC, mate. It was propagandist nutcrackery yeah, on you're this. Having, yeah, I went on the show Morning Joe. It was absurd the way they carried on. Morning Joe. Yes, yeah, it was, I don't know what it was. It wasn't morning. There there was no one called Joe there. No one could concentrate. They didn't understand the basic tenets of journalism. No one was willing to stick up for genuine American heroes uh, like Edward Snowden. No one was willing to talk about Julian Assange and what he suffered trying to bring real journalism to the American people. And I think to sit within 
The castle of MSNBC throwing rocks at Fox News is ludicrous. My friend, Make MSNBC my friend, better. My Make friend, MSNBC my great friend, again. My friend, I would go. The moment the the moment that you give me a specific example, an actual example. Okay, I'll give you. Oh, wait, just wait. Just wait. 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 I'd like to hear a specific example, a provable specific example of an MSNBC correspondent or anchor being on television saying something they knew was false and were saying behind the scenes to people, this is, I'm about to go out and we know that we know that the election wasn't stolen. If it was something equivalent, example, but I will go, I'm but I will go out, I will go out on television and say the opposite. I will lie. Where's my answer? Now, I want, real quick, I'm going to pause it here because this is, Jeff Zucker was CNN, not MSNBC, but don't think it's not the same there. Jeff Zucker was telling people, you can't repeat this thing. So even though it might be true, you can't repeat it. So just keep that in the back of your mind. Just give me a, give me a specific example. I'm sorry, that's okay. Give me a specific I, 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 example. I, 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 all right, all right. I'm with you. I think it's a false equivalency, Russell. It's a false equivalency because you don't actually know anything about any of these organizations you're talking about. Even on MSNBC once. Big fucking deal. My darling, it was more than enough. Outrageous, Chris. Do you want an example? The ludicrous, outrageous criticisms of Joe Rogan around ivermectin, deliberately referring to it as a horse medicine when they know it's an effective medicine. Rachel Maddow turning on the TV saying, if you take this vaccine, you're not going to get it. When it hasn't been clinically trialed for transition, you have to listen. Do you think you can improve America by determinedly and avowedly condemning Fox News without acknowledging that you're participating in the same game? Did you not? just listen to Bernie Sanders, someone who plainly legitimately believes in this country and believes it's possible to change, but is bound by corruption, is bound by the lobbying system. Surely it's clear to you, Bill, as one of the great pundits and experts and comic voices that systemic change is required. Money has to be taken out of politics. We need new political systems that genuinely represent ordinary Americans so that we can overcome cultural differences and bickering about which propagandist network is the worst is not going to save a single American life, not improve the life of a single American child, not going to improve America's standing in the world, and the world needs a strong America, I'll tell you that. Um, wow, I agree almost with everything he said. I, I'm not a Bernie Sanders fan, but he is 100% right on... I've said it for over a year. Since, since Fox called Arizona in 2020, they're all the same. Like maybe Tucker, okay. I could see like Tucker, there's a few hosts on there. But as a network in whole, they're all one and the same. They're propaganda networks. And I, I, I can't believe I'm, I'm agreeing almost 100% with everything, everything Russell Brand is saying. And I can't believe I'm actually watching Bill Maher's show. <laughs> yeah. Bill Maher has, has, has come around on some, some of these topics, Joe, you know, where he's broken from the liberal left. You know, and is almost red pilling his audience, and and we've seen those videos come out in the last few months or so. But yeah, I mean, Russell Brand talking about MSNBC. You know, uh, let's talk about Russia. You know, Russia Gate, Russia, 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 yeah. Russia, yeah. Rachel. Go complete. Van Jones. Van Jones said it was a nothing burger. Van Jones said it was a nothing burger in, a, in an undercover film. I, I can't remember if it was Project Veritas mm-hmm. or who it was. Said it was a nothing burger back in 2017 or 18. And they knew it was a lie, and they knew it wasn't true, but yet they 
talked about it like it was the the end of the world for the little a, a little more than two years. So yeah, you're right though. Um, the bombshell testimony on Capitol Hill: Donald Trump, his days are numbered. Yeah, every day. Yeah. And and real quick, as far as Bill Maher, maybe I'm just bitter, but and and that's why I hate Bill Maher and and still don't like. But it's like he says something that like people like me or you or conspiracy theorists have said like two or three years ago. He says it a year or two later and everyone just claps like seals. So maybe that's why I'm just bitter. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, he, he breaks some liberal talking points at times. So, um, you know, he still has a, a strong uh, distaste for Donald Trump. But, you know, a lot of people do. So yeah. uh, what do we got next? AOC. Joe, AOC is making an appearance on thinking logically. Is she thinking logically? Yes or no? Well, I don't think she's ever thought logically ever. Um, no. Except she was a barista, maybe even then. But AOC's designer, PR firm, stonewalled congressional probers of Met Gala dress. So apparently, this is this is from A.G. Hamilton on Twitter too. He said, wow, I did not realize the extent of the issues here. AOC apparently not only lied about her Met Gala invite to try and circumvent congressional ethics rules, but also try to stiff a bunch of small businesses that helped her attend or made the dress. <sighs> I mean, makeup, $344, hair, 477 transportation from the Bronx to the hotel was 600 on 600 The hotel was $4,600. AOC's boyfriend's shoes and bow tie were $406, not in burst until May of 2022. A lot of this stuff's still under investigation. Uh, it, and apparently these were even with heavy discounts. So oh. she still tried to weasel out of paying the vendor. And uh, this this is apparently going to be forwarded to the Office of Congressional Ethics, which probably nothing will happen. They'll, they'll just, whatever, she's she's brave. She's brave for wearing the dress. Tax the rich. The, the, the dress said tax the rich. How about pay your bills? Didn't pay the makeup for six months. Never paid for her hair. Transportation from the Bronx to the Carlisle Hotel, $600. Hotel, $4,600. AOC's boyfriend shoes and bow tie, $406. If this, is a bit, if this was anyone else, picture if it was Matt Gates. I'd love to know how politicians become so wealthy when they join Congress. They're getting kickbacks somehow. It's... Somehow, whether it's through stock tips or whatever it is, I, I bet you it's different from every single for every single person, or else it would be suspicious. Like I'm sure Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer get the stock tips, and they probably trickle those down to their staffers and stuff to keep them happy, mm-hmm. keep their beaks wet. You could go on and on. There's so many ways to launder money in this country. Yeah, yeah, it blows my mind how wealthy these people get when they when they uh, get elected to Congress. All right, funding you can't Ukraine forever, Ukrainistan. The warlord. Okay, this was on Fox News Sunday. What's today? Tuesday now. So this is two days, two days ago. Um, this is Senator Mark Warner, and he's vowing to keep funding the Ukraine war, I think, forever because it's chewing up the Russian army. We've allocated 113 billion dollars to Ukraine. We've actually only given them actually less than half of that, and on the military side, about 30 billion of roughly 60 billion. We've still got some runway to go there. Um, but I think we need to keep that commitment. And the truth is, the Russian army is being chewed up by the Ukrainians. We had a, uh, we spent $800 billion a year on defense most of my lifetime to prevent Russia from 
uh, exploiting that. We're having Ukrainians do that right now, in a sense, in for us. I think we need to continue that. I think you will see um, the vast majority of members of Congress in both parties. There's some loudmouths on both sides that are pulling back. Um, but if we're going to keep in this competition against Russia and China, Putin cannot be successful. Okay. Okay. Hold on. So exactly what was the money used for and the weapons we gave? Do we know for sure how many of those actually got to Ukraine and were used and how many were sold to someone else? He said 30, only 30 out of the 60 billion has been given to Ukraine. Keep in mind, some of that was laundered into the San Brinkman, Bankman Freed scheme. Lord knows where the other 30 billion went. I don't know what you just do with, with cash. I think they're, they're paying, they're funding the government pensions now, I believe with some of the money that we're giving them. So the other 30 billion, can we, can we have that back and, and put it towards East Palestine or, or somewhere else, anywhere else? Maybe our energy grid, something, anything. It's a lot of money. That's why we say America last under this administration. It's, it's just, it, well, it gets better. We're, we're going to stay on Ukraine here for a second because this came out literally an hour before we hopped on, I think, Mark, 10, 10 o'clock, somewhere around there. Intelligence suggests pro-Ukrainian groups sabotage pipeline, U.S. officials say. Of course, it's coming from U.S. officials. No one else is confirming it. New intelligence reporting amounts to the first significant known lead, yeah, right, about who was responsible for the attack on the Nord Stream pipelines that carry natural gas from Russia to Europe. So they're saying a pro-Ukrainian group sabotaged this. And, and Mark, well, hold on, let's see what we have here next. What is this that I have? Okay, an attack on Nord Stream pipeline last year may have been carried out by a pro-Ukrainian group, according to the U.S. Intelligence Review. It's just another later article about that that came out right before we jumped off. Anyway, so how could it be a pro-Ukrainian group? I mean, give me a break here. How did they do this all by themselves? How did they get the scuba divers in the North Sea from Ukraine, which is in Southern Europe? Okay, through the Mediterranean? Then they go up through the, the, the what is it, Rock and Strait of Gibraltar? Through the English Channel and then around that way, that wouldn't take a few months. Um, I, I don't what whatever happened to the what was his name Seymour Hersh story? When would they debunk that? We still haven't heard anyone debunk that story. They just shift on and say, "Oh, well, this it could possibly be pro-Ukrainian saboteurs that somehow walked with their scuba tanks and fins through." Um, Romania and Poland, and then dove into the North Sea. That makes fucking a lot of sense, doesn't it? Someone, how is that possible? Sagarinjetti uh, from Breaking Points tweeted uh, two options: either we helped Ukraine blow up the Nord Stream pipeline, or we didn't. Found out later, and continue to provide tens of billions to an ally, quote unquote, which finds it preferable to risk great power conflict and draw us in. Not sure which is worse. And then he goes on to say, so a pro-Ukrainian group, quote unquote, pulled off a sophisticated military operation to blow up the Nord Stream pipeline without the knowledge, funding or direction of the United States government or the Zelensky government. Get the F out. And then someone wrote, tweeted, just your average pro-Ukrainian rotary club with loads of C4, highly professional divers, phenomenal OPSEC, world class intelligence capabilities, etc. Yeah, I, I, it doesn't make any. What do they do? Walk walk into the North Sea with their tanks and fins, and just know exactly where to go. And it's not it's not like it's not like you could just join some scuba club and go do this kind of stuff. Like th- these things were out in the middle of the sea, 
How many meters underground or underwater? This oh, is uh, this is this is something that very sophisticated to do. You can't just have a, a random paramilitary group of freedom fighters that probably don't even really exist. They're probably CIA backed anyway. Um, go do this. And if they did, they did it with the help of the United States government or or a NATO country. But I mean, come on, who else would it be? Man, I'm so tired of talking about this, but it, it is just staggering to me that this can come out. I mean, the U.S. released this, right, Joe? My, my yes. Interest? Yes. The United States released this information. But they didn't, they, they still have not debunked Seymour Hersh's story. So all they're doing is just giving you another story. It just, it just clouds the news cycle. That's all. I mean, that, that, that's really all it is. I mean, they're just trying to, obviously, they couldn't come out after the Seymour Hersh article came out with this um, and, and say this. But so they waited a few weeks and then, well, let's release this. Hey, we're, we are the moral authority in the world. We are, whatever we say is true. You know, you listen to us and they come out with this. Huh. So insane. So insane. This is just being, again... This is what you call gaslighting, folks. Uh, all right, moving on. We have another person close to the uh, Clinton uh, family dead due to turbulence on an airplane. Joe. So have? if you remember, the first one killed himself with a shotgun that somehow fired itself while he was tied around a tree or there's something strange. And then there was those five people going to investigate the, it wasn't the train derailment. I think it was the plant that exploded in Ohio. And of course their plane crashed, I think right after taking off from Hillary and Bill Clinton airport. And then today, or this is March 6th, a woman killed on turbulent flight over new England was returning from school visits with son. Husband says a Maryland woman who was killed on board a business jet that encountered severe turbulence over new England on Friday. was a prominent executive who served in the Clinton and Obama administration and as a counsel to the 9-11 Commission. How many in-flight deaths do we have a year? That, the odds of this has to be astronomical. She was killed by turbulence, Mark. Astronomical. They no one was ever killed by turbulence. No, no, right? I mean, this isn't like a World War, World War II plane flying over Nuremberg or whatever, trying to bomb, getting hit yeah. by flak. These are pressurized cabins with, with, and she was the only one that died, of course, out of probably, I don't know how many people were on a flight, but the, no it, it's just, a, four or five. regardless, it's just the strangest freaking story ever. That is a strange story. I was, I was stunned when I saw that, just because you don't see anyone ever die uh, from turbulence. And this is the third one, like in, with relation to a Clinton or it's uh, the, the coincidences are astronomical. It's, yeah. it's actually unbelievable. Yep. All right, uh, moving on. We have Tucker Carlson last night uh, released some of these. Uh, if you don't know or aren't aware, House Speaker Kevin McCarthy gave Tucker Carlson, the Tucker Carlson show, 40,000 hours of tape from January 6th. Which is about five years for those who are trying to do the math in their head. The footage. Literally. Yep. Yep. By hours. And last night was even amazing. Uh, for me, you know, to see this, I thought that the, uh, you know, if you guys have all seen him, the January 6th, the shaman, the QAnon shaman, as they called him, Jacob Chansley, I think his name is. We saw him in the chamber. Uh, he got put in jail for four years for this. 
But on the footage we had, we we were shown last night, Joe, as you mentioned, which I thought was absolutely hilarious. You said that he he was being escorted around the Capitol building like he was lost, looking for his home room. Yes, exactly what it looked like. You have to watch the video to do it justice. But not only is he being escorted, but they the two to three cops escorting him around go to like one door, the next door, but they walk past like seven cops just standing there and they watch him walk past with a giant American flag. And he eventually gets into the Senate and then I believe he prayed. He said a prayer and thanked the people for um, escorting him around. Four years in jail. Insurrection. The flagpole was, I'm not making this up. When they say it was an armed insurrection, they're talking about the flagpoles and stuff like that. He was escorted around the Capitol by the Capitol Police. Let that sink in. The QAnon shaman. (laughs) Just the name in general. It's all just so funny to me. I don't know why. It's how can anyone watch sports or or anything when this this is this is what we have to watch. A QAnon shaman went into the Senate, said a prayer after being escorted by the Capitol Police, who, according to the narrative, the Capitol Police had targets on their back. People were trying to murder all them. They, they saved the day. Yet somehow two of them or three of them took the QAnon shaman, the head honcho of this insurrection, and escorted him past seven or eight more cops through magnetically locked doors into the chamber to pray for four, four or five years in jail. <laughs> and we'll compare that to what happened in Georgia in like a little bit. But I mean, come on. Come on. And look here, right here. This is from actually, this is the best name ever on Twitter. This is from Gain of Fauci is the person's name on Twitter. Um, and he posted a picture of Nancy Pelosi's son-in-law posing with Jacob Chansley on the Capitol steps. This is right before Chansley was escorted by Capitol Police through the building. So that just raises more question for me. So was the QAnon shaman in on it too? Or did they set up the QAnon shaman? Regardless... I don't want to focus on this anymore. We're on the verge of World War III. We got UFOs flying around. We're still talking about the QAnon shaman. Wait, Nancy Pelosi's son was with son the shaman? Son-in-law. Son-in-law. Um, Michael Voss. Yeah, he took a picture with Jacob Chansley on the Capitol oh, here steps. It is. Yeah. It's and right wasn't her daughter filming? Her, her daughter was filming this stuff. We covered that in a couple episodes ago. Her daughter was filming. Escorted through the Capitol. Jake and Jelly. <laughs> like it was the first day of school for him at, at a new school. Let me say, there's a lot more that's going to come out about this once these, uh, the producers of the Tucker Carlson show go through all this footage. This yeah, is we got about 39,998 hours left. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They also said that uh, the police officer, Brian Sicknick, died a lot sooner before than he than he actually did. Is that right, Joe? Uh, let's okay. Do we have the video from Tucker last night? Because oh, here he, it is. You well, have it. You have it queued up here. Yeah. yeah. Several police officers in the meantime. But Brian Sicknick should not be reduced to a prop for the political ambitions of the Democratic Party. He was a human being. The facts of his life matter, including how he died. To this day, media accounts describe Sicknick as someone who was quote slain on January sixth. The video we reviewed proves that is a lie. Here is surveillance footage of Sicknick walking in the Capitol after he was supposedly murdered by the mob outside. By all appearances, Sicknick is healthy and vigorous. He's wearing a helmet, so it's hard to imagine he was killed by a head injury. 
Whatever happened to Brian Sicknick was very obviously not the result of violence he suffered at the entrance to the Capitol. This tape overturns the single most powerful and politically useful lie that Democrats have told us about January 6th. And it was indeed a lie. The January 6th committee knew perfectly well that Brian Sicknick was walking normally through the Capitol. Okay, now, I want to remind people, because I watched this a couple times and I watched it live and I was actually live texting you guys, people in our fantasy chat. This was, you know, three years ago, but I remember, I remember it. And they basically said he was dead before he was dead. I remember them announcing that it's almost like building seven and nine 11 when they announced that building seven had fallen and it was still standing just right behind people. Then it eventually fell. So yeah. it begs the question, how did they know? And then you go through like the actual stories they told. So first it was, uh, okay. Look, 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 well, First, it was he was bludgeoned to death by a fire extinguisher. Then it was he died from getting sprayed in the face with bear mace, which is, which is confusing. But let's listen to um, let's listen to Chuck Schumer lie about what happened. And I think this is today. It's an insult to every police officer who was on the scene that terrible, fearful day. It's an insult to the memory of every single person who perished in connection to the attack, especially to the memory of Brian Sicknick. Nonviolent? Ask the Sicknick family. It makes me sick just thinking about what his family must be going through this morning. And it- if you were his family and you saw this video and, and you realized, hey, they announced him dead while he was still in the Capitol with a helmet on, acting, not to make fun of the situation, vigorous. I would be asking so many questions and I think I would drive to Washington, D.C. and I would try to choke Chuck, Chuck Schumer to the freaking ground right now. Yeah. That's a shame. I mean, these people literally have no shame at all. I, I wouldn't hit this, you know, I want to be careful and hit this lightly, but I, I would literally wrap my hands around his neck, I think, and choke him to if, if they did that to a family member of mine and try to use it for a political prop after video evidence, evidence surfaced and you got caught lying about his death he died three different ways. I mean, he, yep. he could have been an entire episode on, on Strange Ways to Die. Or what was, the, what was that show a while ago? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know that show. Crazy Ways to Die. They, would have, they, they cover a few. But yeah, getting beaten to death with a fire extinguisher and the cab would be one. So would be dying from bear mace. Having a stroke to, from bear mace. I, I, I don't know. But the whole, the whole January 6th narrative, you watched it. You, you're watching it blow up, but it's done. They're going to have to start running away with this from this narrative really quick, and they're running out of narratives because anywhere you go, it's the narrative's bad for them. Yeah. Russia, Ukraine. Just name, name a place. We can do this all episode. Name a place. The narrative's not looking good for them. Yeah. Uh, all right. Do we have anything else with that? Do we want to go on to Fetterman? Uh, real quick, let's just touch that there was an attack by Antifa on uh, some police barracks or training center and one of the people arrested was a Southern Poverty Law Clerk lawyer. Oh, I saw this, yes. So he gets charged with domestic terrorism. We'll see what happens with these people. But if you ever get a chance, watch the video on how they attack this um, this police, I don't even know, training center or what it is. It actually looks like what you would think an insurrection would look like. They use fire bombs and Molotov cocktails and smoke bombs. And it looks organized. And again, it, they're, they're not as bad as the crazy Catholics, you know, Latin mass people, but it's pretty bad. Yeah, Southern Poverty Law Center is where that anti-traditional uh, Catholic rhetoric came from, I believe. Really? Yeah. Hmm. 
Surprise, surprise. All right. All right, let's go into your boy John Fetterman here. You were blocked by his chief of staff and I believe unblocked. Is that yeah, right? and then and then uh so I called the senator's office and I told him I told the guy I was recording the call and he told me it's a gray area, so we're not gonna play the audio. According to my lawyer, it's a very gray area. Just I'll play it. But he basically said I can't record him and then went on to tell me everything about John Fetterman, how he's fine. And I, I wish we could play the audio, it's actually hilarious. But um we asked for proof of life, and yesterday we got it because his um, chief of staff, Adam, Adam Jendelson, went there and posted this on Twitter with three pictures of John Fetterman. Productive morning with Senator Fetterman at Walter Reed discussing the rail safety legislation, the farm bill, and other Senate business. John is well on his way to recovery and wanted me to say how grateful he is for all the well wishes. He's laser focused on PA and we'll be back soon. And then they have three pictures of him. And there's all kind of cool, fun f- finger paintings of like a deer, an LGBTQT flag in the background, all kind of fun stuff. Um, good for him. But again, I have to ask is he allowed to leave the room? Can he have shoestrings? What about a razor to shave? Can the famous Fetterman hoodie have a drawstring on this inpatient unit? The answer is most likely no. However, he's apparently fine and getting better. We don't know. We saw a picture, I guess. That's all. Shut up. That's enough. But this is par for the course, I guess. Yeah, he was wearing a Carhartt, uh, I think, hoodie, right, Joe? I don't think there's – I'm looking. I don't see a – do I see a string? I should probably just zoom in on this. I don't know if I – maybe there's a string. I can't really tell. I don't know. But he looks looks lost. I don't care what anyone says. It's a locked room, and there's a – glass window behind him with the mm-hmm. shades closed and i just I, I don't know man i don't know he can't be fit don't tell me he's fit i i asked the person i said look this guy can't even tie his shoes and he said what do you mean he can't tie his shoes how do you know that i go because i worked at a psychiatric ward before i said i know the first i'm not saying it's because of his cognitive ability i'm saying he can't tie his shoes because he doesn't have shoe strings because he might kill himself, just like why he can't have a razor, because he has major depression. And, and we don't even know if he does have major depression. We don't know anything at all, no answers. I don't know. His chief of staff, though, let me bring this up. Just He, he may be committing a crime with what, what, what is going on here. If he's not committing a crime, though, he's committing one of the biggest acts of hypocrisy in modern times. Because let me read you this tweet of his from 2017, September 19, 2017. This is John Fetterman's chief of staff. Talking about Donald is not mentally fit to be posed. People are suffering. It's past time we had an honest conversation about Trump's mental unfitness. And take over, Mark, or else I'll explode. Yeah, mental fitness. That's funny. That's real funny. Uh, It's, you know, speaking of that, we saw multiple people question Donald Trump's mental fitness for president, but yet nobody's questioning. Joe Biden's mental fitness for president. That's so. yeah. I mean, what was it? I sent you the Russia picture today of uh, the same Edith, people. I should say. I sent you the picture of Edith Wilson, Woodrow Wilson's uh, wife, mm-hmm. of him, her just with her finger down saying "sign." This explains our country perfectly. We, this is this is who we have. We have women. We have a bunch of Edith Wilsons running the country with Giselle Fetterman probably and Joe Biden. Joe Biden, completely incapacitated. Good point. That's a good point. Um, before we get, uh, you know, I don't know if we're going to do disclose today, uh, just based on time. But Joe, this just came out um, in the last half hour. So, uh, and this is what we talked about. 
German newspaper Zeit now claims a Ukrainian-owned yacht was used in a secret operation to attack the Nord Stream pipelines last year. Uh, I'll read this to you. Uh, ZSWR and uh, Zeit, Z-E-I-T, managed to identify the boat that was allegedly used for the secret operation. It is said to be a yacht rented from a company based in Poland, apparently owned by two Ukrainians. According to the investigation, the secret operation at sea was carried out by a team of six people. It is said to have been five men and one woman. Accordingly, the group consisted of a captain, two divers, two diving assistants, and a doctor who were said to have transported the explosives to the crime scenes and placed them there. The nationality of the perpetrators is apparently unclear. The assassins used professionally forged passports, which are said to have been used, among other things, to rent the boat. I don't believe it, and here's why. Because the, the story from Seymour Hersh said that they had to use the military drills as cover to, to get that done. How wouldn't anyone... You're, you're talking about Russia, who's currently in a state of war with Ukraine. Don't you think they would have been watching out for something like that? Now, granted, if, if the United States or these countries do it during a military training exercise, there's really nothing you could do. What can you do? Attack the training exercises if you're Russia? However, however, I find it hard to believe that a yacht with six people, of course, they had to include a woman. I'm surprised they don't have any 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 other um, nationalities or races in there. Just just woman. But uh, I find that hard to believe that a yacht was able to pull that off. But it wouldn't surprise me because I guess that's how you would do it. But you need some kind of U.S. assistance. Uh, it's just come on. I can believe this, Joe, and I will tell you why. Don't forget our friend that we talked about a couple episodes ago that died uh, on a CIA mission in the South China Sea aboard a what uh, we, we believe to be a yacht or, or a or a larger you know boat like that uh, and this could make sense i'm just saying playing devil's advocate here what if they went this route and there were in fact divers on that boat just like our friend was in the south china sea it was if, trying to find that listening device um somewhere what if it's if, the same situation joe it could be, but still, then the United States or the CIA is complicit in it, and that's that's, that's, that's my point. Yeah, yeah, the, the th that makes States. it worse. Almost, you, you almost rather it be, at least if it's during a NATO drill, a lot of other countries are involved. If it's this way, it's almost like we didn't even tell the NATO countries; we just did this on our own, and we're going to piss off a lot of our allies. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, no matter how we, you look at it, no matter how you break it down, it's bad. It's really, really, really bad. And, and that, really bad. that way, actually, the way you just painted it, I think it makes it worse. <laughs> not, well, that, that wouldn't, I don't even have to ask you. That wouldn't surprise you. No, would it, surprise. it wouldn't. I, I didn't want to believe it would happen like that, honestly. I, I, I really just wanted to believe they would, they would use NATO and maybe NATO all agreed on this. At least, at least you have some people that have our back. But then you think about it, well, Germany was one of them NATO allies. <laughs> So yeah. maybe, maybe you are, but it, it stands by the point that Russia did not do this themselves. And that was the media talking point in September when this happened. And we, we said this on, on day one of the, of the podcast when we heard it happen. This, this definitely wasn't Russia. This was someone else, but it wasn't Russia. There's no way it was Russia. Why would Russia blow up its own pipeline? Right. So that leaves this narrative now, this story uh, with possible, you know, special ops, CIA, or, you know, divers uh, to do this. So I am, uh, I'm on board with this theory. 
but I I guess I am too. I hope I hope this is wrong though. I, I'd rather be Seymour Hersh's because at least in that situation you had other countries on board a little bit somehow. If 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 you're right, this is basically paramilitary. That that goes back to like Trump's speech with like he's going to take down the deep state. Well, well, who would be? And I'm not the, the people that that did this might have not even known really what they were what they were doing. Or the, you're on a need to know basis, and it's very I'm sure compartmentalized or whatever the, the term is. But it's it's worse if it's this way, and it goes back to Trump's speech about taking out certain actors in in the in the governments, not necessarily the countries, but yeah. the, you know. Three-letter agencies and the governments that that do this. This there was no reason for this to be done, especially it being done on the ally. It's just it's bad all around, man. Right. No, I know. I mean, the way I look at it, with this being the, what we just read, it could be the same, the same group, the same organization, the same people that we just said of our friend that died in that mission in the South China Sea. It could be the same group. This is what they were doing. They were planning explosive. They were planning a listening device. So what if it's the same group of people that were planning explosives in the Baltic Sea? I mean, it's a good point. It's, it's, it's a really good point. You said this just came out in the last half hour with the yacht yep. and everything. It's, uh, that's amazing. On Disclose, so. Um, that is yeah, actually too. amazing. I, I hate to talk about that situation with, with you-know-who, but like – uh, that that that's a really really good point. I guess we can't ignore that. Right, right. That's a very that's a very good it's very good assessment. I mean, I, I again, I hope it was through the military drills, and I hope Seymour Hersh's story is right. But wow, mind blowing. Yeah, I know. All right, we have anything else? Um, not that I can see here. I, I mean, something else could have popped up on Twitter. Who knows? Who knows what now? But. I'm sure as soon as we sign off, something ridiculous will happen. So. Yeah, we literally end these recordings and we're like, geez, we missed that one. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, all right. Well, that is it then, I guess, Joe. Um, that's our show, Joe. Uh, we will reconvene uh, either later this week or next week, uh, depending on what comes out. And uh, we hope you guys enjoyed the show. Joe, take us home. Don't forget to email us any questions. Uh, Thinking Logically Podcast, I believe, is the email. It'll be in the show notes. And if anyone wants to come on and talk conspiracy, we're doing a March Madness-themed conspiracy bracket. We have some interesting topics. Uh, I guess we got to take out the COVID lab leak theory. or that, that, That's got to be scratched off. I think that was a seven seat or something, six seat. we got to take that one off. But if anyone wants to come on and talk about these conspiracy, we're going to do a March Madness bracket and see which conspiracy is the most fun or the best one. I don't know. I guess we're going to use, like, whose line is it anyway? scoring rules or something but email us let us know um aside from that just you know like and subscribe share this with someone anybody so the more people that are in on what's really going on the better um if this this um i don't even know what the hell i'm saying let's just play the music play me out here mark